to the Worship Leader Essentials podcast brought to you by Worship Catalyst. We are here to help leaders learn how to do more with less. For more information or engage with us, please visit worshipcatalyst.com. We're so glad you're here today. Let's learn together. Hey, welcome again, guys, to the uh, uh, Worship Leader Essentials podcast. Um, As always, just super excited to come with you with a little bit different of a conversation today. This is our first podcast ever where I will be interviewing, wait for it, a lead pastor. Oh my goodness, what a great day this is going to be. We get to hear some perspective other than us worship leaders. So uh, before we do, as always, I got a uh, uh, scripture of the day, worship scripture of the day, uh, Psalm 1011. So you can remember that, Psalm 1011 says, I will sing of your love and justice, Lord. I will praise you with songs. Let me see that. Read that again. I will sing of your love and justice, Lord. I will praise you with songs. Now, I'm going to really not talk a lot about the meaning of that verse. Instead, I want to talk about English. Joe, you're a huge English fan, right? Yeah. This is Joe, our uh, our guest today. And um, you're like, you stay up weekends and stuff when you're just chilling? You do some sentence diagrams, stuff like that? <laughs> well, both parents were uh, language arts teachers. My sister is one, and I learned how to diagram a sentence in kindergarten. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm very so. thankful with a 16-year-old daughter now that all her growing up, never she never had to diagram one sentence. Those days are over, thank goodness, because I <laughs> never understood what a sentence diagram was or what it was for. So anyway... But that may be that my English isn't so awesome, and maybe I should have learned how to diagram a little bit better. But um, anyway, as we uh, look at English, the thing I really want to look at is pronouns, all right? Because I think pronouns and worship go hand in hand. A lot of times, you know, maybe we don't think about it that way. But if you look at this verse, I will sing of your love and justice, Lord. I will praise you, with songs. Now, clearly, what's happening here is that this psalmist, uh, David, he is actually singing a song to God directly, right? I will sing of your love. I will praise you with songs. So the the pronouns there are you and your. He's singing directly to God. And that seems pretty normal and natural, but, and, and we live our lives like living out pronouns and dealing with pronouns every single day, but sometimes we don't even think about it because it comes pretty naturally to us. But think about how weird it would be. Like, I'm looking at Joe here. He's on, recording on audio. I'm watching him on a Zoom call. And Joe, if I were to look at you here deep into your eyes on this call and say, hey, you know that pastor, Joe? You know that guy, man? He's just such a weird dude. And, you know, he's pastor of this church and all that kind of stuff. And you would be like looking around left and right, trying to figure out who's this Joe guy he's talking about? Well, I'm talking about you, man, but I'm talking about Joe as a, you know, it makes no sense, right? Because we have our pronouns kind of dialed in. But when it comes Mm -hmm. to singing songs in church, what does this really mean? So I will sing of your love and justice, Lord. I will praise you with songs. David was singing that song to God. It's like we're in the room with him as he writes that that song. But even if we really were in the room, he would not even know that we were in the room because he was so focused directly on God when he uh, when he wrote that and when he sang that. So we're just kind of observance. And so how do we apply that? So if you go back to church, when you go back to church, um, next Sunday, and you think about this, if you're the leader 
focus on the pronouns of the songs. If you're listening to this and you're not the leader in your church, you sit in the congregation, think about the pronouns of the song. Is the song that you're singing about God or is it to God? If it's to God, put your complete focus on him and sing to him. It's like you're talking to a friend, eye to eye, you know? Don't look around so much. Don't focus on other people in the room. Don't, you know, look around. Don't think about what other people are saying or singing to God. This isn't about them. This moment is about you and your direct dialogue with Jesus. Plus, it's creepy when you sing songs to God and make eye contact (laughs) with other people. It's just weird. (laughs) But on the other hand, if the pronouns are third person singing about God and you're using song, singing songs about he or his, definitely might got contact with other people. And I'll say to you, uh, if you're a worship leader, don't close your eyes or look heavenward or whatever when you're singing songs about God, he, him, his. Like look at people, make eye contact with people. If you're in the congregation, make eye contact with the people on the stage or the people next to you. Like high five, you know? Like look at someone and go, yeah, he is great. He is God, whatever it is. And that may be weird to you to high five the stranger sitting next to you, but you might do it at a football game. So why not do it in a worship service? So basically, in conclusion, pay attention when we sing songs, just like this uh, Psalm out of 101.1. I will sing of your love and justice, Lord. I will praise you with songs. First person to God. If it's a third person with he and him and his, songs about God, then make eye contact. Connect with other people in the room. It's not like a close your eyes kind of moment. All right, got it? Rock and roll. Here we go. Joe Lachlan, man. I have to tell you, Joe's one of my um, all-time favorite people on the planet. And uh, Joe and I go back a minute or two. (laughs) in our world. So Joe, why don't you um, share with us a little bit about who you are, uh, what you do, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Austin. And it's great to be with you today. And man, you're certainly one of my favorite people as well. I'm grateful for the time we spent together serving in Waco, Texas. That was fun stuff. Hey, it wasn't even what Waco. It was McGregor, Texas. Well, that's We true. say yeah. Waco because yeah. we don't want to be embarrassed, but... It wasn't McGregor proper, but it was. It was, <laughs> it was I tell people so, all the time, man, corn, cows, and caskets. Those are the only yes, three things around our church. Yeah, and what we have, about seven or eight years together there? And that what yeah, we, we did. did uh-huh. like so it was awesome. And, uh, well, currently, um, I live in Temple, Texas, uh, just about an hour north of Austin. Um, and uh, I lead, I'm the lead pastor of First Baptist Church here in Temple. And I've been here about three years. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been in, I've been doing this full-time ministry stuff since, oh, I hate to tell people how long it's been because it tells I'm a very old guy. But anyway, uh, since 1984, <laughs> I've been doing this full-time in yeah. one capacity or another. Most of that has been in the pastorate, uh, but I've also been itinerant, traveled, and, and uh, even, did, <laughs> even dipped my toe in youth ministry a little bit. One thing I never did do was attempt to do worship leading uh, although I will tell you one Sunday when I was filling in, I messed up the doxology. Oh my gosh. We had to stop and start all over. Wow. So, uh, yeah, so I, I've been asked not to do that anymore. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm that's that no longer, you don't get to do any more singing, right? <laughs> right. Well, um, man, I'm excited because for worship leaders to hear from the perspective of a lead pastor, I think is really important and really awesome. And so I'm just going to ask you some questions that I think as a worship leader myself, I would want to dive into a little bit. So first of all, how many worship leaders do you think that you've worked with in your career? Yeah. So I, I, uh, I think, 
you didn't give me a little heads up on this question. So I did a little counting and I think I'm at 18. Are you serious? 18? Yeah. Who's the best yeah, one? I, you, who's the best one you ever worked with? Well, you know, my, in case my current two guys are listening to this at some point. <laughs> That's a good point. I gotta, hey, other than gotta, those wait, two guys. Okay, never mind. It was none of the three of you. But uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but uh, no, about 18, I think, counting the ones I've done when I'm itinerant and been like an interim pastor for a year okay. or so at a church. And currently I work with two guys that are full-time. One leads our classic service and one leads our modern service. Awesome. So you're the perfect person to talk to then about this question, which is what are some characteristics? You've got like a crazy data set here to work with. What are some characteristics that make up a good worship leader? Yeah. I think the first thing I would say is work ethic. Um, uh, To be honest with you, I have a kid in the arts and I don't know any group that works harder than arts people. I've had kids in athletics in my family and even the athletic kids don't work as hard as the arts kids do. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just takes in a tremendous amount of work to get the arts done in a way that is conducive to worship uh, and not a distraction. And that's technically that's behind the scenes on the platform, the whole the whole bit of it. So work ethic is huge. I think another key characteristic is uh, for all of us in ministry leadership. And I count myself as a worship leader, as a preacher. Sure, of course. Our deeper life with God is hmm. huge. Um, it, it really is huge. It's got to be our source. It's got to be um, the, the the source of everything we do. Yeah. And so those are some of the characteristics I think about when I think about a good worship leader. You know, that's great. And one of the you know one of the things about the overall arching goal of this podcast is to help leaders do more with less um, because. Uh, you know, we all have a limited number of time, limited budget, right. limited energy. Right. A lot of people that watch this podcast are actually part-time or or non-paid at all worship leaders at their churches. And so um, as you think about what worship leaders should focus on, because it could be that there are 50 things to focus on, but what are the sure. top two or three things that you think, if you've got a limited amount of time, what do you focus on? So back to this work ethic thing, you, you've got to be, you've got to really figure out what is going to bring you the maximum amount of excellence that you can get to, because it's really about making sure that there's a credible level of, of excellence in what we do so that it's not a distraction. It's not in the way it's not a hurdle. We're trying to take hurdles away. Right. So mm-hmm. um, the excellence is a huge thing to focus on. Now, I don't mean perfection. I mean, we're even even on those days we think it's perfect, there's always something that didn't go right, you know. Yeah. Uh, when you think about it and you review it, but but excellence is a huge thing to focus on. Um, I, I think again, from a spiritual perspective, um, I love what Richard Foster said in his book *Spirit of the Disciplines*. He says our primary job as a ministry leader is to get the people off of us and onto Jesus as quickly as possible. That's so good. So. What that means is it can't. It, we can't be the focus. We we have to. It speaks back to that deeper life thing. We have to get our focus off of ourselves, and that's why excellence is is such a, a, a dicey, risky thing because we do want to be excellent. We but it's not about performance, right? And it's not about perfection. The way that we define that at Worship Catalyst is doing the best you can with what you have. Yeah, yeah. And we all have limits, right? right? I mean, we all have limits. I mean, I'm at, I'm at probably 
I'm at a pretty large church and I have a lot of people around me, but even we have limits. I mean, especially with technology. I mean, now that we're all online and all that sort of stuff, right? I mean, we're, we're dependent upon the technology to work right. And that platform may not be really designed to do video like we're trying to get it done through that particular platform. And so you got to have backups to your backups to your backups, right. you know, if you can. So I know you get asked the question all the time, probably. Uh, <laughs> and I've learned to hate this question. And that is, hey, how was church on Sunday? Right? I mean, everybody gets asked that question all the time. Hey, how was church on Sunday? And you know what they really mean is, hey, how many people came to church on Sunday? Sure. A lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what I want to ask you is, for a worship leader, from your perspective as a lead pastor... When a worship leader steps off the platform and somebody says, how was it? Or, or uh, maybe they ask you, how was it? Well, you know, how are they supposed to define whether it was a good experience or not? Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, we preachers deal with that too, because we're always getting the nice sermon pastor on the way out the door and they've already decided to do absolutely nothing about what we preached, but they just, you know, they think we nailed it. You know, they don't and, even like the, ask him at lunch, what you preached about. They may not even remember. <laughs> yeah. The little lady on the way out the door one time at the church, you and I served together, put her arm around me and said, it's okay, pastor. We don't expect you to preach well every week. You know, and it, was just, it was awesome. That's brutal. I started man. laughing. I started laughing. It was awesome. It was great. So, <laughs> so, Oh my gosh, that reminds me of the other time that, so you preached, what, what book of the Bible was it? You memorized like the first five chapters? <laughs> yeah, Ephesians. Ephesians. Yeah. So, yeah. so you get up there and you just kill Ephesians, like word for freaking word. I mean, like nail it as if you were the apostle Paul himself. And that guy <laughs> goes, man, I can tell you're really struggling up there today. <laughs> I think I want to say next. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the Apostle Paul must have struggled too. Halfway through it or something. Yeah. (laughs) So good. Yeah. You know, you hit a dinger and they just don't even realize, you know, hey, you know. (laughs) No, I think the real answer is uh, you and I could get in so much trouble, man. (laughs) No, we got to be careful not to use names. Of course, some people have passed away that we're talking about. So, yeah, they have. As, as we say here in Texas, they up and died. So it's an official cause of death here in Texas. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so where were we? Oh, okay. What's the what's the win or what's the takeaway? How do we know it was good? So I really think when someone expresses something uh, that tips us off to the idea that they've actually encountered God or they've encountered the spiritual. So something like, you know, that really helped me or uh, even, even if they go, okay, you know, that song just challenges me. So because there's part of that, I just don't like because it's not working for me. That's okay to me because it's like, they're actually working at a level that's more than just coming in and going through the motions and getting their, you know, list checked to say they've been to church and head on to whatever they're doing. Right it's actually caused them to think about it and wrestle with. And I think that's good stuff. Uh, Mm. So anything that gives us the idea that they've encountered God, that they've actually had kind of a spiritual experience as opposed to, Oh man, the band nailed that song or wow, the preacher, you know, so that's a really tough metric. That's a tough metric to figure out. Right. Because 
Yeah. It doesn't. It's very subjective. It's, it, it's tough. You have to almost spend your time talking to people saying, yeah. hey, so talk to me about your experience with God today in uh, in the worship ex- I, service. It's so, it's so helpful to me uh, I, when I feel like people can come up to me and say, okay, I've got a bone to pick with something you said, and it's not because I didn't stand on this particular political party or make that particular correct way of saying it, but the bone that they had to pick with what I had to say is something that they're wrestling yeah. with in their own life. Right. And what I had to say today actually kind of got in their business right. a little bit. Yep. And they are willing to tell me that. And it makes me feel like, man, we got, this is good. They, they, they were actually dealing with this and processing, yep. it, not just looking for, Oh, well, okay. He did that. And so he, I got him in this amount of time, yep. you know, however long I preached or, you know, that's really good, man. I love that. All right, let's move on. Uh, what do you want worship leaders to understand about pastors? Hmm. What I want <laughs> to understand about pastors. Yeah, I, I will tell you this. Um, and if there are pastors who are listening, they may or may not like this, but I won't shoot straight here. Um, it is still true that about 70% of pastors, lead pastors, work out of a foundation of insecurity. Oh, yeah. And some of that is their upbringing. Some of it's their own personal battles that they're dealing with. Most of us, I will tell you, feel completely unqualified to get up and do what we're doing. I mean, we just do. We just feel because we're just regular people like everybody else. We just happen to have this real ridiculous high-end assignment but it is not based upon our ability. It is not based upon our spirituality. It is based upon God needs somebody to fill that assignment. And he's given us that assignment. Yeah. And so we, we feel very overwhelmed a lot of times. And a lot of times pastors will come across very egotistical. And what the basis of that is their insecurity and it's a front for them. Some of them are just jerks, just to be honest. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, it, you know, if you're a worship leader, then, and there is some of that in a pastor in terms of the insecurity, which I've seen that a ton too. Um, and for me, as moving from worship pastor only to lead pastor in a church, yeah. uh, my insecurity level, I just thought I was, I thought I was made out of steel until I became the lead pastor of a church. And then all of a sudden, yeah. all the insecurities in me came out, right? So, yeah. so how, would you, how would you navigate that as a worship leader, knowing that that's a possible reality of a pastor you work with? Well, obviously, a, bi- a big thing is trust, right? I mean, you, you have to be able to trust your pastor, and your pastor has to be able to trust you. I mean, pastors' heads are on a swivel right now. I mean, part of the reason they're insecure is because if they're coming at it very from a very natural position. They are they are taking the shots. I mean, bullets are whizzing by their head constantly, especially now in the pandemic political season that we're in. Man, it is constant. I tell my team all the time, hey, listen, you can do or say whatever you want, but I'm going to be the one that gets the emails. So just know that. Mm-hmm. Because they're not going to email the the person they have a problem with. They're going to email lead pastor. Yeah, I just got back from vacation, and I'm telling you, the stuff I read in emails today, I'm like, okay, here we go. You know, and so it's just, <laughs> you know, it's just part of it. So, um, 
I think as a worship leader, you have to understand the idea of, of building trust with your pastor. Yeah. Not, and to me, it's an exchange. It's not earning. It's a, that's a whole different economy, but building trust. Huh. And relationship. So I mean, just you know, I think that we could spend a whole podcast on that, and maybe we'll just kind of put a put a pause on that because I really do want to talk more about how, from your perspective, how to build trust with your pastor. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that would be a great thing for us to talk about. So let's let's just kind of have just one last question here. I think that kind of okay. sort of deals with that. You and I had the benefit years ago when we worked together of being yeah. best friends while we worked together. Yeah. Um. And not everybody has that, obviously, but we teach all the right. time. We even had a whole podcast on covenantal relationships between pastors and worship leaders a few weeks ago. And um, um, wh- what do you think is the relationship, if they're not best friends, that a pastor and a worship leader have to have on a basis level? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it does help if they like each other. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really, it really does. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the basis has to be one of of mutual respect. I mean, I know that sounds cliche or corny, but I'm telling you, Austin, I knew from the beginning of my working with you that you and I had this level of respect for each other. And we're 10 years apart. Uh, you're in college. And I was in my first pastorate. I'd been an associate pastor two places, but it's my first lead pastorate. And I just, I felt like I could trust you. And I felt like you trusted me. I felt like we had a mutual respect for each other. So I think that's the basis of the relationship. And and really the key to that is from the pastor's perspective, pastors don't like surprises. So it seems controlling, but it's sometimes it is. But but to me, the the key is to communicate, communicate, communicate. Right. Talk, 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 and you know. Um, so yeah, no, I don't. I don't think necessarily all pastors and you know I don't really do a lot of hanging out with the two guys I have right now. I love them to death. I like to hang out with them, but we just don't do that. Yeah. That's really good, man. I love that. That respect. I mean, it's very much like a marriage in that regard, right? What you do is just as important as what I do, you know, and the people you serve is just as important as the people I serve and all that. So that's not a hierarchical thing, but it's more, we just run in different lanes together, you know? Yeah. And, and compliment each other. Um, now I realize not all pastors have that perspective. They still think that everything the worship leader is doing is, is preliminaries. Yeah. But, right. Warm-up band. You know, I got my own warm-up yeah, band. Yeah, but that dude, I can tell you that pastor's tenure is getting shorter every day yeah. in our culture that we're in. Right. It's just, it, it doesn't work. And I'm not sure it ever has, but it certainly doesn't now. Well, that's a good word, man. Joe, I appreciate you joining again. Let's uh, let's do this again soon and, and talk through that yeah. and talk through that relational piece. Um. Joe has a extremely funny book called Just Add Water. Is that for sale anywhere, Joe? You know, it's out of print right now. Uh, okay. I, I'm working on getting it uh, back in print. All right. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's actually 13 years old, that book is. I'm telling and, you, though, uh, it's got some timeless stories in there that are, yeah. 
you know, a lot of funny stuff happens at churches, and and Joe is extremely good at um, telling those stories in such a way. Like, if you're having a dark Monday, pick up Just Add Water and read a chapter and just let, you know, just, it'll help you say, it's going to be okay. You know, like, we get through these things. We really do, so... Anyway, thanks yeah, for your time. Yeah, thanks for your time, Joe. Thanks for spending time with us. And as always, uh, guys, we uh, are thankful for you joining on the Worship Leader Essentials podcast, trying to help you do more with less. And hopefully this has been really helpful content for you today. Uh, if it has, hit subscribe and uh, enjoy next week. We will be back with you, as always, next Tuesday. Have an awesome day. See ya.